0: Something that I really tune into when other people say it is when they say I am just a, just an intern, just a medical student, just a nurse, just a, just a. You're never just a, you are a. Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Dr. Beck and I am Christine Barker. And this is Am I Doing It Wrong? A podcast for doctors. By doctors. Dr. Beck is a mindset coach and medical doctor who specializes in liberating driven professional women from the limitations of perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and people-pleasing. She's basically the cheat code for getting out of your own way, showing up authentically, and living a life you're proud of. And Christine is a medical educator
1: and nephrologist who creates resources for doctors in training that I truly think are an unfair advantage. She makes complex topics super simple and takes the pain and uncertainty out of past your medical exams. Christine and I connected a few years ago via our online platforms and over the years we've discussed countless highs, lows and in-betweens of Dr. Life. And in doing so we've experienced firsthand the power of vulnerable conversations to show us
0: where we're getting our own way and underestimating our capacity so we want you to be part of the conversation and experience these same results every week on the pod we'll be bringing you conversations which shine light in dark places normalize the doctor journey ease unnecessary suffering and give you actionable steps to thrive in all facets of your life so grab a cuppa and get cozy for this week's episode of am i doing it wrong the podcast for doctors by doctors I was just giggling
1: with joy because, okay, so guys, we were able to play this in this super high-tech way because Christine's so smart. She's worked out this new software thing. So we just watched our intro live with you guys coming in here and I'm just, oh, I'm just so grateful for you. I am so excited to be studying this year with you. I'm so excited to have this space with you to talk about... You know, even just thinking about January and talking about setting people up to start their year right. And today's topic in particular, I'm so excited to speak about the power of our vocabulary, no less with someone like you. So I'm just, I'm just having a bit of a moment watching that through and studying the year with you. And I, I think you guys are in for a good one today's. <sighs>
0: So, so fun. And I feel like you inspired this episode. So I really wanted to come on today and talk about the power of vocabulary because this was something that I really like used to my benefit in 2023. And I'm sort of using it again and thinking how I can change it up this year. But you really inspired this. The last episode we talked about our vision boards. um, And you were saying that you had a lot of words on your vision boards and words that evoke feelings as well. So I really, I'm keen to dive into that in a bit more detail, but I guess just in terms of um, my own story with the words. So I believe, and I have firsthand experience of this last year where changing words that I say have literally changed my life. They've changed the way I've shown up in the world. They've changed outcomes. They've just changed everything about me. So last year I decided that I was going to ban certain words. And those words were busy and expensive. So if I said expensive or busy, I I do this thing um, where I'll say cancel, clear, delete. If I say them, I'm not allowed to have to delete them. (laughs) And so if I say it by accident, I'll cancel it um, so that it never happened. And the reason that I did that was because I was having trouble with, you know, um, that kind of uh, belief where like busy, for example, I would be uh, you know, someone say, how are you? And I'd like, oh, I'm busy. <laughs> and I realized that that's a bit of a toxic thing to say. Like I'd much rather be productive or happy or <laughs> something else. But busy is like a nothingness. It's a bit like nice, like I'm nice. Um, so I wanted to get rid of busy. And that was a lot easier than expensive because it's a word that is everywhere. And the reason I wanted to get rid of the word expensive was because I was doing some work on my abundance and my money mindset stuff, which was relevant to my development as someone who has a business, because I'm a very altruistic human at my core. But equally, I was um, last year at this time, I quit my university job and I was like, I'm going all in. And so I did need to start selling things and showing up and selling things. So I needed to get rid of that word because everyone's version of expensive is very different and I needed it to go for my vocabulary and it really helped but I feel like um, something I learned early on is if you're gonna cancel out these words you need to have an alternative something to say which I'm super keen to get your opinion on and I remember I was ordering coffee it was the new year and I was like right no more expensive that's not a word I can use and I rocked up to get a coffee and the coffee was like five dollars or something and I was like outraged right so but then I was like I was I was sort of trying to say oh that's expensive but I couldn't say expensive so I was like oh oh well that's um that's a bit of a it's a bit of a change in the prices of the coffee and the woman who was serving me was like looking at me like there was something extremely wrong with me and then I had to just sit and wait for my little coffee my now I would say oh you know like I'd I'd have other things to say or I wouldn't say anything at all but (laughs) I But anyway, it was just a little funny sort of getting used to not saying it. So it does take a while to form that new habit. But now I can definitely say that my relationship with that mindset that was associated with both of those words has completely shifted. So I just wanted to bring it today as a, a life hack, I guess, that's really helped me. But I'm keen to hear your opinion on this. Like, what's your take on this word versus who you are and how you show up in the world. Oh,
1: this is just so fun and relatable to our last podcast too, because you were just bringing up how when you delete or remove words from your vocabulary, it actually leaves this space. And that space was revealed in this awkward moment where the coffee lady was responding to you and you literally had no words. You were like, I need some words to use in this situation, but my brain hasn't got any like ready to go. So I'm just going to Fumble out some <laughs> some words to to fill the space here, but you 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 remove things from your life and it creates this space. Just like we were talking about, you know, in our in our last episode, when it comes to setting yourself up for this year and creating new goals and intentions or resolutions, whatever you want to call them, however you want to direct yourself. And we wanted you guys to consider what you want to remove from your life, what you want to take out, what you want to limit yourself. Um, or create limits around in certain ways. And then you're left with this space. And that space has so much beautiful potential. But deciding what to fill the space with then is the next challenge. And hopefully with this episode, we can help prompt you to think about being really discerning about what you fill that space with and only picking things that actually are useful in your life, that actually add value to your life instead of just stuffing that space back together with mm, full again with, you know, anything here or there. We want only high quality things filling this space. And this has been one of the most profound uh, realizations that I've had from doing my own coaching work and learning to learning the work of coaching is the way that my thoughts affect how I feel, or as I like to say, that our thoughts have feelings, the thoughts in our mind create emotions. And that link to me, the more and more of this work I do becomes stronger and stronger. And that's really important because the last part of this equation is the way you feel affects how you behave. The origin, the Latin origin of the word emotion is "emovia," which means out move. So outwards movement, your emotions literally drive your outwards movement. And I include your decisions there in your behavior. So the ability to recognize that your thoughts Affect you as in they create emotions and then that drives your behavior. That was my mind blown to me. And I love doing this work whenever I can with Christine because she understands that on a very deep level how different things affect her emotionally and energetically. And the more that we can be discerning with creating the energy that really serves us and therefore the behaviors that really serve us the more of the life that we want we can create so this resonates with me so much and actually I was saying to Christine the other day I have always thought of myself as this kind of analytical um, left brain person you know how they say the left brain is more if you're a left brain person left brain dominant person you're more analytical you're better at maths and science and words and um, you're more logical and going through school I think I had that just reinforced in my identity because I did all the maths I did all the science I excelled in those things and just I, I picked those subjects I studied hard and so I did well because I studied hard but I kind of built up this identity that I was that kind of logical scientific person. But actually, when I do the the tests and things, I actually find that I'm actually more of a right brain person. And that's kind of the more intuitive, creative, um, uh, less logical, more feeling side of things. And for me, doing this work with words and understanding how words affect me Is really linking up my left and right brain in terms of being able to use both of these sides, even though my left brain's a bit weaker. Building my skills on that left brain side really helps to complement what my right brain can't offer me in this space. So, whether you're somebody who is more on the intuitive creative side, like I'd say both of us are, then learning to recognize the effect of your words can help prop you up in those weak areas and what your right brain can't offer. And for a lot of us, to be honest, even if you're on the left brain side and you really get words and words come easily to you, you describe things with lots of words or specific words, you've got a wonderful, enormous vocabulary. Then being able to link up how those words actually affect you emotionally is probably the next step that this work can offer you because it's great to have this beautiful vocabulary of words, but if you don't know how, if you can't recognize in your body how they affect you, then you can't harness them. You can't pick the right words that create the emotions and behaviors that you want. So this topic is everything to me and it's the work that I am continually doing. I mean, on a daily basis. I'm checking how the words that are defaulting in my mind or the words that I'm choosing on purpose. I'm always checking how are they affecting me emotionally. So I think this episode will be um, really fun to dive into. Thank you so much for picking this topic, Christine.
0: <laughs> it is a fun one. So I love everything you said there, and I guess something I picked up on because I guess it's probably a little bit different from how I was thinking about it. So I have banned that word expensive because I was looking at things in a expensive had these connotations for me and I was thinking if I the way I was saying it was as if it was somehow out of reach as if I couldn't afford it or I was I was placing myself versus the word expensive as a it meant something, but it wasn't a good thing. If I said something was expensive, it was a negative thing. (laughs) But you don't, that word is not the same for everyone. Like you can be like, oh, I'm expensive. Or, you know, this was expensive. And it's like, it's more of like a show and tell type vibe. (laughs) For me, that word was like, it was bad. It was a bad word. So I guess I just wanted to sort of, um, throw that back to you in terms of relationships with words like do you think it's better to do what I did and ban the word or do you think it's better to change your relationship with the word or can you even change your relationship with a word
1: that's just such a fun uh, even to offer people those two different options is so cool because there's so much to gain in banning words. If you do those reps enough, like as you've benefited from, you do those reps enough, at first it's really hard. and At first it seems impossible to ban a word. Like it kind of sounds like a ridiculous concept that you're just gonna delete the word and then you keep finding yourself inevitably saying the word, using the word, thinking the word days and days after you say that. But if you are persistent, if you can reinforce that new pathway, then you can successfully ban words. And I mean, I think that's an amazing strategy. And what you're saying, you've also got this other strategy of changing the the connotation, the meaning behind the words, because I mean, a lot of you guys, as Christine said, will be like, you'll have this intrinsic reaction to expensive and even check that right now. Like if we just put the word expensive up on the board, cast your eyes over that word, or just listen to us say the word expensive. And what I want you to do right now is ground yourself in your body. So wherever you are, feel your feet on the floor or whatever part of your body is connected with the ground. Let yourself be a bit heavy. Drop the tension in your shoulders, soften your eyes. And once again, listen. I want you to notice how this word affects your body. Expensive. Expensive. Just take your time and notice. One more time, stay internal. Notice your chest, your stomach, Your limbs, feel your face, the muscles of your face. Expensive. Okay, so you can see Christine's reaction. Her face kind (laughs) of like shrivels up. She actually moved back away from the screen, just like, no, (laughs) no, too expensive. Whereas me, I got this little fire in my belly, and I was actually trying to stay really. Calm and and um, focused on giving instructions, but I had this sort of light in my stomach, this bit of energy, because for me, I I also have had the same connotations with expensive being sort of I don't know exclusive or gluttonous, and I have all, I have all these a past negative associations with expensive. But for me, I decided to change my thoughts about expensive because. I wanted to continue to have coaching and coaching in my mind is something that is expensive these kind of high price services even you know having a gym membership that's not just the basic gym membership that's expensive in my mind and so instead of changing my perception of how much money is a reasonable or expected versus what's expensive about those things I just decided you know this didn't happen quickly but this was a bit of a story I had to work my way towards that investing in my brain my most valuable asset and my body the thing that moves me around the world is worth being expensive and actually the first place I did this in my life was with food when I was um, younger when I was in medical school I didn't have much money And I I cared very much about what I put in my body. And um, buying organic vegetables at the time was very expensive. And in this way, I, I couldn't get past that being a lot of money for vegetables, but I decided that food shouldn't be cheap. Good food isn't meant to be cheap if I'm saying that good food is meant to be cheap, then I'm saying the labor of these people and the value of all the resources that go into it should be cheap. And instead, I recognize that good food, high quality labor, people's wages, all the things that go into food is understandably expensive. And sure, it's a lot of money, but I, my body is worth the investment. So I'm happy that it's expensive. So that's the way that I changed my thoughts about the, or my connotations with the word expensive. It's not, it wasn't directly by making expensive. Okay. It's not like I'm super happy to flaunt around like amazing clothes or shoes or any expensive thing, but I worked on the story behind it about what I'm investing in
0: yeah so I'm curious to know do you have any words so mine's were expensive and busy and you've changed your relationship with expensive but were there any other words like that that you had to change your relationship with
1: oh there definitely are words that um there were words that I ban as well like I said banning just it's a great strategy um busy is one of them that um I haven't changed a connotation with it's just a word that I don't like to use I don't like the way it makes me feel there are also I mean I guess along the same lines of busy, there's like, um, (laughs) sentences that my mind tends to repeat and offer me that I'm still working on. So things like, um, I'm so tired and I have so much to do, which is kind of the same as busy. Um, those sentences, my mind likes to offer me. And they're ones that I do kind of like what you do, which is this kind of like What do you say? Cancel and delete. Cancel, clear, delete. And for me, the processes, I know that they affect me negatively and they come out when I'm journaling. I don't realize that they're until I'm journaling often. And that's my that's my sort of cancel, clear, delete of like I've got them out of my brain and now they're staying out for now because they have this really dragging down effect on me. They really as I write them down on the page, I'm so tired or I'm so busy or um, I have so much to do. I, I really feel them drag me down and affect me. And I think that that's one really cool side of things that you can look at those words that affect you in a negative way. And by the same token, something that I don't feel like you get to talk about enough is the way that by the same principle, we can create these great emotional and energetic places by using words in the same way. Not many of us realize that we can create our emotions that we actually do have control. A lot of us think they are these mysterious things that come about us and they're all come, come over us. And they're revealing something about our reality. You know, if we feel sad, it's because we're in a sad situation. If we feel tired, it's because our body is exhausted. But for me, for example, (laughs) when I feel tired, I often go up and check my brain and and I see those thoughts of, I'm so tired. And when I stop thinking that it lifts off a level of tiredness and you can see the power of this. If you try this experiment, or if you just think about this situation where if I was to tell you right now that you had just won the lottery, that $80 million, is that a lottery amount, is yours. Would you feel more energetic, lighter? Would you even jump out of your chair? You know, if you really believed in this moment that you'd won the lottery. And that is just an example of how tiredness is just like pain. We we all appreciate in medicine that pain is a conscious experience. And so is our fatigue. Our conscious state has an effect on our tiredness, just like our conscious state has an effect on our pain levels. And this isn't to say that pain or fatigue aren't real, but it's just to help us recognize that we have more power than we realize. And I don't need to go around telling myself that I won the lottery, but when I notice that I'm in this tired state and those thoughts of simply, I'm so busy, like you say, are adding layers to my tiredness You banning the word, you create this space and now you get to decide what you want to fill the space with. And so it's really great to have this arsenal of words that create energy for you when you're tired or at least bring you back not necessarily to a positive place. You don't always need to go from negative to positive, but just coming back to a neutral place, just taking off that layer of suffering from the negative word and just coming back to neutral. So I'd like you guys to think about Um, the words that can give you energy and in the same way that we tried on to see how the word expensive affected us if you pay yourself a couple of seconds to sit back and try on a few words to see which words give you energy that might be something that could actually change the course of your day in certain times where you're feeling like you've got nothing left to give yet you want to keep going, to have those words in your back pocket ready to use, ready to give you a bit of a boost or ready just to take that extra layer of suffering off, I think that's a very powerful thing that we can do for ourselves. And it, it truly is a process of um, doing it for you as an individual. You can't just use other people's words. I just I can't just take Christine's work and use all of her words that energize her because they won't necessarily work on me we all just need to start to practice and recognize that thought emotion connection in us because we all have different stories we all have different life experiences which means for a lot of us different words will have different connotations with them
0: yeah and I love that because I was just as you were saying that I was thinking how else would I describe being tired that feels better and it took me a wee, a wee hot minute and then I was like I was thinking about my all-day clinic and how I always feel tired after that I think it would be something like convoluted I don't even think I've got another word I'd have to make like a sentence like I am proud of how I showed up today I am satisfied with my performance today I gave it my all today like I feel like things that are true but they don't feel as bad as I'm exhausted and tired. And I never want to do that again. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. Like, I feel like it's so interesting. But like you say, you have to almost speak it out loud and try it on. So it's authentic, and you actually believe it, because I feel like with affirmations, that's also true. Like, you don't want to, you can't really delude yourself, you've got to do something you, you believe, sometimes it's okay to say there's nothing wrong right now. <laughs> that rather than everything's magical right now like what you say just get into that neutral place but I think with these words it is interesting so what would you what are your your options when you're instead of I am tired what do you use yeah and actually
1: tiredness is one of those ones that I struggle with and because of that I because it feels really real to me I try and get out of the word as a judgment so tiredness believe it or not is a judgment in that moment And I try and get into what I'm trying to describe, which is the experience of my body. So instead of just swapping from one word to another word, because I'm so fused, I'm really believing that I'm tired. I try and just connect with the literal experience in my body. I say that I'm tired. That's my judgment that I'm tired. And it has all these negative connotations that make me feel even more tired ironically, or coincidentally, or (laughs) just unfortunately it's a vicious cycle. You say you're tired and you feel more tired, but what is tired? So I come home from clinic. I'll come home from, um, whatever day has made me tired. And if I'm recognizing I'm playing that, that sentence in my head, that record in my mind, I will, and I want to get out of it. I try not to just dismiss myself because just in this context for me with, I'm so tired, it doesn't work for me. If it works for you, If you have a word that brings you out of it, if you can switch into the perspective of appreciation or recognition of all the value you've created, that's amazing. And if that doesn't work, this is another smaller step that you can take. So I will literally just go and pay attention to my body. I say that I'm tired, but what does that actually mean? What do I actually feel? What am I detecting? What am I judging in my body right now? And this is a skill in itself to be able to describe the actual sensations and the 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 energy, the vibration that are in your body right now, but it can help you come closer to the reality of what's the actual problem. What does it actually mean to be tired? What does this feel like? How does it affect you? And when you do that, you have the opportunity to separate out from the idea that you're tired, from this judgment that you're tired, and you'll get more clarity about what's actually happening to you and therefore what you actually need right now. And that Taking off that layer of judgment of just slapping on, tired, exhausted, whatever, and creating space for other possibilities just creates this opportunity for you to add in more words that might come naturally to you at that time. I can't even, um, I, I couldn't even suggest a word for you right now because you would have to go into the experience of your body in that moment and work out what actually the problem is and what you actually need at that, at that time. But then you can also see where's, where there's an authentic and genuine space for you to um, add in some of those energising words like that are associated with appreciation or recognising your value and things like that. But we never want you to force it. And Christine's al- already suggested to let this be an experiment. Really let yourself try this on. And I talk about trying on words like trying on clothes, like you try on a jacket. You try it on and you, you guys know you put on certain clothes And they make you feel different. You put on certain clothes, they make you feel not very good, a bit awkward or constricted or not like yourself. And then you put on other clothes and they make you feel like you stand a bit taller. They make you feel like stepping out and doing things. They make you feel more like yourself. And even with that, I don't know about you guys, but some days I put on some clothes that made me feel amazing yesterday, but then today they don't have the same effect on me. It's a moment by moment connection with your body it's a moment by moment asking your body how are you doing and what do you need how are you doing and what do you need as opposed to a um, one-size-fits-all even for yourself
0: as we're sitting here I'm sort of appreciating the difference between my banning words like uh, expensive and this I am like when you connect I am I am busy I am tired I am whatever fill in the blank I feel like the power of I am because that is your identity like I feel like you have to be even more careful with your I am's <laughs> something because I think that that has a deeper impact on what you actually think about yourself and how you show up in the world if you are actually saying things that are like I am a capable person human being or whatever it is something more energizing like you said something more activating um like you said I think that that is something that if you're saying I am statements that are making you feel ick it's even more important to get on top of it and I mean this is all very I, I'm sitting here saying this so passionately because I feel like this is an absolute shortcut like you don't have to go and do therapy or anything hard <laughs> just tuning into how you're speaking to yourself and the vocabulary you're using out loud and in your head and just tweaking a few things here and there, it's like a shortcut to a better life, I find like I find that in my own life. So I I just was really keen to show up today and share the shortcut because it's something that I live and breathe and do. And it's very powerful. And even I know that what you're saying back in terms of um, you take it that step further and do like the thoughts, feelings and emotions and, and it all connects there and you can get really high level on it. But it, it's it, it's even more simple than that if you want it to be, I would say. And it can just it can definitely change your life. So I guess I just want to encourage everyone to really have a wee think about what you're saying to yourself in your head. Think about things you want to change and practice, practice changing them. And if you stuff up, cancel, clear, delete.
1: Totally, I think it's just a, a play, like you say, an experiment play. Just if anything from this, I, I would love for you guys to just strengthen that thought emotion connection. Just recognize how your words affect you, or just recognize that words affect you. That's that would be the whole that would be the biggest win of you guys listening to this show, just taking away that concept that your words matter. And Christine actually reminded me of this late last year in the context of asking questions to yourself so once you master this in terms of single words just recognizing the effect of single words it's a great place to start then the way that this can blow up in terms of ways that you can use it to self-govern and really lead your life in the direction that you want it to go is enormous so i i hope you don't underestimate although christine's saying and she's so right this is the simplest simplest easiest thing for you to take on and start using in your life it's incredibly powerful and this little skill gets applied across so many different areas of your life in being able to propel you forward so such a cool and easy skill well Easy concept, not as easy to build the skill.
0: Yeah, but once you start doing it, you'll be addicted to it. And just as you were saying that, I had this flashback to something I wish I'd said earlier in this episode, but I just want to put it here because I think it's important. Something that I really tune into when other people say it is when they say, I am just a, just an intern, just a medical student, just a nurse, just a, just a. You're never just a, you are a. (laughs) Something fabulous. So that's another thing. If you're just a, Delete. <laughs> you're not just anything.
1: Uh, me too. I've got another one. My intern says this all the time, and she's the most, she's the most brilliant, competent doctor. Not even just intern. She's just brilliant. She says the word sorry, all the time, and I'm like, goodness gracious, you're brilliant. What do you have to be sorry for? But it's just, uh, so many of us are conditioned for the sorry, and it's something that I've taken out of my vocabulary by and large. <laughs> say sorry a lot okay but I've done <laughs> you be sorry <laughs> I'm not gonna be sorry <laughs> no no I still say sorry a lot but I, I think I really recognise it in her because I used to say sorry like it was a an article as well like I used to say it in every single sentence with any single interaction I had sorry and since I've done that work I recognize it in her and it's I was actually thinking about it today. Uh, by chance, I'd love a different word than I'm sorry, just because it actually evokes this sort of sorrow and shrinking in me when I don't use it in the genuine way that I mean it. It's um, because I'm sort of often saying, sorry for being here. Sorry for taking up your time. Sorry for doing it wrong. Like I'm saying it in a self-deprecating way. And so it evokes this emotional response in me. And it still comes out because it's a word that I can't ban. I need the word. I'm sorry. But I need to be, I want to be more discerning with that. And then I just said another one, I need, I need to do this. And even guys, I love, I love that people are talking about their needs, what they need in life. But to me, the word need is sort of disempowering. And I like to say I want, because I like to recognize my own self-sufficiency. I like to recognize that I have everything I could possibly need in myself right now. I don't have any other needs. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm good in myself in this moment. In this present situation, I don't need anything from the world. I am content. I'm good. I'm sufficient. And so I like to use the word want instead. I like to be really, the word want has this kind of ick factor associated with it, you know, because it feels kind of like expensive. It kind of feels like extra superfluous. Like you're putting your superfluous needs first. Again, these are just my connotations, but I've changed my association with want, which is one more of, I'm I'm proud of my self advocacy. My self advocacy is important. My self advocacy changes the world for other women. Things like that. So it's um, it's it's great. Actually, the more that we're talking about it, the more these important examples come up.
0: The one that comes to mind is I I when I, I do this all the time. I'd be like, I'm gonna do this, but I'll be like, I'm gonna try and do this, and it's like, no, Christine, no, no out. You don't get to try. You get to just trust yourself to show up and do whatever the thing is. <laughs> Trying's good, but doing it's even better. So you know, that's another one. But it's actually so funny. I I think I worked on that sorry. Now I used to, I was like your intern like a few years ago. I was like pathological with sorry, and it was like I'd just be breathing and existing, and someone would bump into me and I wouldn't be the one at fault. And I'd be like, oh I'm so sorry that you bumped into me. <laughs> actually ridiculous and then and then I I sort of got sick of myself because someone actually pointed out to me like I must have come across as quite pathetic to some people because they were like what are you saying sorry for can you stop saying sorry like people used to say that to me all the time stop apologizing for being alive type thing and so I remember I was working on it and I was out I think it was like Christmas shopping or something you know when everything's just hectic and busy and I was in the shop and someone kind of bumped into me and again not my fault and so I said oops But they replied it was something like as if I'd said sorry. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. Or like, it was something very like, oh, no problem. And I was like, sorry, what? Like <laughs> And it was so funny to see all of that work in myself that took literal years to undo. And that moment, I was like, ah, oh, I got rid of my sorries. <laughs> but I didn't know it until then. But it was it was very empowering to be like, yeah, no, that was more of an oops. I was glad I said oops and Yeah, I'm quite outraged that you thought anything different. You thought I should be sorry. I will not be sorry for my existence. Right, better sorry to complete diva transformation.
1: (laughs) No, 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 not being a diva. I mean, oh my goodness. So many of these things are just built into our day-to-day language. And I mean, I I couldn't, when you asked me the question before, I was like, I can't think of anything. But then as like, even as I was just reflecting on my day and you brought up another thing, I was like, oh, and this word and this word and this this habitual thing i say or do or think there's so much and i mean just to encourage you guys to think about um, for you what what are those habitual things you say without really thinking that just a habit for you but the high yield ones are the ones that they drain you like you know the word sorry the inappropriate sorry word was shrinking me it was constricting me and same with christine and it might it sounds like a nice word sorry It doesn't, it It sounds nice, but again, it's about checking how it affects you. Notice how it affects your body. There's no inherently good or bad words, but instead recognize whether they're useful or not, i.e. how they affect you, how they affect your emotions. And if you want to take it one step further, how those emotions drive certain behaviors in you. So um, thank you guys so, so much for joining in this conversation with us. You can look at the, the ways that these words negative, negatively affect you. And you could also, as a bonus, look at how you want to fill that space, fill that. What will at first probably be an awkward space like Christine has offered to us? It's, there's a, it's a very awkward space that you create when you're changing your language, which you need to interact with other people. But when you understand what else is available, when you can recognize the words that give so much back to you, it's just one little word swap, like a magic shortcut, as Christine said, it costs you almost nothing. It costs a bit of mental energy up front, but it costs you almost nothing and it pays you back exponentially more. So if you can delete some of those words, create that space, and then fill that space really carefully with things that give a lot back to you without your life, without needing to go and uphold your life or make any dramatic schedule changes or city, country changes, anything like that, if you just swap out a couple of words, you might recognize that you're feeling brighter, lighter, more confident, more outgoing, and more empowered to live in the way that you want to live this life. And just to have more energy, which I think is very important to a lot of us, especially doing such taxing jobs as being a clinician.
0: Absolutely, and people treat you differently as well. Once you start talking to yourself like that, the energy that you exude you'll show up differently, you'll notice that other people around you will treat you slightly differently. It's so interesting. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. And we are just so excited to be back for 2024, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs> Bye. have all my life for something. Up down the darkest roads and up and Found you right there